In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <coughs> Athens was no small city. In the ancient world, it was the center of science, philosophy, and art. People would come from all over the known world to the great city of Athens. The marketplace of ideas was strong and thriving there. You've heard of Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle, those greats of Greek philosophy. Well, they called Athens home. Nowhere in the ancient world was there a more well-respected, civilized, and depraved city. For yes, Athens was on the cutting edge, the center of culture, philosophy, and literature, but it was also full of all sorts of vice and excess. Here, in our modern age, we stand in the legacy of Athens. Western culture is the descendant of that great city. We are always advancing, always craving and creating something new. You want to find the marketplace of ideas today? Well, just go online. There you can find the latest and greatest technology and information that our ancestors could only have dreamed of. All the philosophy of Athens makes up a tiny fraction of what's available on the internet. And yet, in the words of Obi-Wan Kenobi, you will not find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy than online. The place of all knowledge is also the place of all depravity and vice. All sorts of evil happens on the internet. There you will find people like those in Athens, always seeking some new experience, even if that experience is full of sin. But why does this happen? Why this pattern of advances in technology and advances in sin? Well, for Athens, the answer lies in their gods. Every false god is invented by man. It is a lie told to others and also to himself. The gods of the Athenians were made by human hands. They sculpted their divinities, crafting them out of stone as they crafted their stories about them. And here's the thing about making your own gods. You get to make up the rules. You get to allow whatever vice is your favorite. So why not just let people do what they want? Why not eat, drink, and be merry? Give people some freedom, even if somebody else would say that that's a sin. So isn't it a good thing that we've moved past all of that? We're not in that primitive way of thinking anymore. We live in the modern age. Sure, if you scour the country, you might find one or two people bowing down to and worshiping a statue, but we've moved past that. We are no longer in that primitive way of thinking. Here in the Western world, we have no gods. Right? Wrong. The truth is, we have our gods. 
They just go by a different name. We have forged the world around us with our own hands, by our buildings, our roads, and our factories. We have given it shape. And in America, we have forged this nation and connected it to the rest of the world by means of the Internet, a technology made by human hands. Technology is one of our gods. It is a way that we understand the world and exert our power over it. It is a tool to help us in our work and at our play. The world fears, loves, and trusts in technology above all things. And this is clearest when you look at the world of artificial intelligence. The world is obsessed with creating an AI. The hope is that we'll be able to create one that is smarter, more capable, and more powerful than any human being. A god in our own image. Trained on our creativity and logic, given shape by the words we speak to one another. And when this god of ours is finally created, we will have oracles who can ask it for advice, look to it for guidance, and have it tell us at last the way of salvation. Now, AI is certainly a powerful technology, but like any technology, it has its limits. It is a tool and not a god. No matter what capabilities AI will give, it will never be our creator. We made it, not the other way around. Fearing, loving, and trusting in technology will not save you, even if it's one as powerful as AI. Now, in many ways, this is very similar to Athens. Athens had many statues. Statues are not gods. They have no power in them. They are just cold and dead stone. But when the men of Athens began to worship these statues, to bow down to them, to offer sacrifices to them, when they feared, loved, and trusted in them above all things, those statues became their gods. And yet, cold, dead stone, no matter how many sacrifices you offer to it, will not save you. Now, the false gods of Athens and the false gods of Ai have the same fundamental problem. They are creations, limited by their creators. They cannot save us. So this leads to a lingering question that both Athens and our world today has to answer. What happens when our gods fail? Well, Athens had a very clever solution to all of this. A big part of their religion was in keeping their gods happy, greasing the wheels, offering sacrifices so their wrath wouldn't fall. But, they reasoned, we can't really know about every god that's out there. I mean, what if we missed one? And so what they did, it's a pretty clever solution, just to cover all of their bases, they built an altar and titled it to the unknown god. 
Maybe they would offer a sacrifice on it once or twice a year. So that way, if they found some other god that wanted to come against them in wrath, they could say, Ah, we have been offering sacrifices to you all along. It's a great way to cover the bases, be safe. And that way, if their own gods couldn't save them, hey, who knows, maybe this unknown god could come through. Now, on this front, Athens was far ahead of our modern age. What drove them to create this altar to the unknown god was a deep sense that their gods weren't quite the right answer. That their gods couldn't do enough to save them, so maybe this unknown god could. Well, this is what we call natural knowledge of God, the true God. And our modern culture has the same sense, that same question. But we who live in this enlightened time know for a fact that there's no such thing as gods. So the question just goes unanswered. What happens when our gods of technology fail us? I guess we're doomed. There's not really an answer in modern society, so this question keeps Nine. The Apostle Paul is in Athens. He sees their idol worship, and he has seen their altar to the unknown God. He recognizes that they're looking for something more certain than gods made with their own hands. So Paul begins to preach about the true God in the synagogues and in the marketplaces, and he causes such a stir that they bring him to the Areopagus, or Hill of Ares, the Greek god of war. This was the usual place where the Athenians would debate and discuss new ideas. And so Paul begins, bringing up the fact that he has seen their altar to the unknown god. He says, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. What, therefore, you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. Here, Paul says, let me tell you about your unknown God. He is the maker of heaven and earth. He is the Lord of all. He is the only true God. Let me take this unknown God and make him known to you. And he is not like your other gods. He continues, We ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. God does not come from the imagination of man. He does not come out of a machine. He is the one who made man. God is the one who set the world into motion, creating the world and everything in it. And God is the one who created, which means God is the one who can save. So what happens when our gods fail? 
Well, that is when they prove that they are no gods at all, just creations of man. So why would anyone believe in these false gods? This cold, dead stone that cannot offer any salvation? Well, simply because they like making up the rules. They like doing whatever they want to do. Because if God is the one who created us, that means he's in charge and not us. We don't just get to call evil good and good evil because it's more fun that way. Right? And wrong are fixed. And so, as Paul says to the Athenians, and also preaches to our modern age, God commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. Not only does God make the rules, he also enforces them. Judgment is coming for sin. God will not allow evil to continue forever. He will not allow his creation to worship its own false gods. God will make himself known. He will judge the world, and he will punish sin. So he calls all people everywhere to repent, to turn from their false gods and wicked ways and live. He knows that Jesus is the only way to salvation, and he wants all of us to know it too. But now wait a minute. How can we be so sure about this? We're not the only religion out there with a big old sacred book. We're not the only religion with a story about a God. How do we know that we're right? How do we know that Jesus is the only way? Well, God is not silent. He has given us his word, but he also gives us a pledge and guarantee that his word is true. As Paul continues, And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. We know that Jesus is the only way to salvation because Christ is risen. There are many religions, there are many holy books, there are many men throughout history who have been crucified, and I bet at least some of them were claiming to be some kind of God. But there is only one who rose from the dead. Jesus' resurrection is God's seal of approval on all the scriptures. It is proof that Jesus is the Son of God, that his testimony is true. So let all the gods of this world fail. Let them crumble away into dust and ashes. Let them show what they really are, lies and falsehoods. Because they are just tools. They are not gods. And our tools may fail, but God does not. God will not fail you. And when someone asks you, why you believe this, you can say, because Christ is risen. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all human understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds steadfast in the one true faith until our Lord returns in glory.
We rise to confess our faith in the words of the non-seen truth. 